Ujjayi, and welcome to the Gator Gaze Podcast. We are so happy to have you tonight. Uh, we wanted to get up with you last night, uh, but we kind of sat there and we thought about it and we said, hey, you know what? Tomorrow is a very important day for the Kepta temples, and tomorrow is a very important, meaning today is a very important day for Kepta temples. This was at last night, and we were sitting there, and we were thinking about it, and we said, what sense would it make to do the show the night before the anniversary or the, you know, comm com blah, 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 excuse me, commemoration of Master Naba, the founder of the Earth Center and the prophet of the Kemetic Temples. Now, before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge all the forces in the non-material, particularly Nabla Musa Moradinabig, the founder of the Earth Center, the prophet of the ancestors, the prophet of the deities, the prophet of, the, of nature, the prophet of the Kepta Temples and all the other ancestors that are standing behind this great work. Your ancestors, all of our ancestors that are involved in this work, all the deities, the, the Kepta deities, all the deities that are standing behind the Earth Center, all, uh, all of the powers of nature, all of the genies, all of the entities, everything that's standing behind this great work, we'd like to acknowledge all the forces and the non-material that support this work. And <clears throat> with that, a word from our sponsor, Sauce Hot Sauce. You want to read the sponsor thing? No, you do so well at it. No, honestly, because I've been sitting here thinking, I was like, <laughs> at some point, somebody else gonna, has got to do it. Somebody else has got to do it. So here, read it. Okay. Just read that. <laughs> now I get to sit back and listen to you read. Yeah, yeah. Sauce Hot Sauce began in 2007 when a small group of students traveling in West Africa were trying to think of ways to support charitable projects. One of the students traveling happened to be an artisanal hot sauce chef. And right there, sauce, hot sauce was born. Since then, sauce ha hot sauce has prided itself on making exceptional artesian hot sauces with high quality ingredients to support good causes. We continue to do so with the best and the tastiest offering of sa sauce flavors to date. With a, f with a focus on supporting displaced families in the Fada and Gormo region of Burkina Faso with the revenue from our sales. Get some sauce. <coughs> it's Thank for you, a good cause. So, <coughs> um, before I go into the whole spiel about today's show, we might as well, let's just jump right into rapid fire. Let's do that. So, <coughs> this is producer Sultanen Hegwapti for another rapid fire of modern events, news, history, things that uh, keep on your radar. And the first <laughs> topic of discussion is a woman says her wig saved her life after being shot in the head. Hey. This is a day I will never forget, quote from her. So on June 10th, an Atlanta woman was shot in the head Gotta twice, but apparently one of the bullets was deflected by her wig. From the picture, was it a picture? Regardless of the color, um, you know, <laughs> someone said that this is truly a protective style. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> oh man, that's okay. shout out to her. That's yeah. that's that's great. You know, I would like to think that it's more than just a wig. Maybe there's things in the non-material that's with her, 
But if it's just the wig, <laughs> it can't just be the wig, bro. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, <laughs> why would someone shoot her in the head twice? <laughs> like we're just glossing over the fact that someone tried to shoot her twice in well, the head. Well, apparently, um, the father of her, well, her father died to gun violence the year, the year prior. Uh-huh. So it might be just like you know, like their affiliations, and maybe just like the community, the you know, their, their lifestyle. But it seems like she wasn't. She's not new to the gun violence. Wow. Well, she's highly blessed and highly favored. <laughs> she got the she got the golden weave. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, like in you guys ever seen The Last Dragon? That's Bruce Leroy? Yeah. Yeah. I've oh, seen yeah, she yeah, had yeah. The, yeah, she got the glow. <laughs> she got the she's her soul glowing. She got like a jerry curl wig that protects her. We gotta wrap it up. Next. Alright, yeah, so next topic. I mean this one's not any less uh ridiculous, but a certain Are you Somebody's at the door. Who's hold? <laughs> Somebody's at the door. Please hold. Yeah, keep going. Keep going, yeah. Yeah. Excuse our baseball doorbell. Rare, rare interruption. So surgeon injures patients. While live streaming procedure. Oh. Mm. So um, this is now a trend, you know, Twitch and like live streaming, you know, like living your life on camera is a huge thing these days. So Dr. Captain Roxanne Draw, a plastic surgeon, was accused of injuring her patients while live streaming the procedures, taking questions on TikTok and so forth, giving demonstrations. One person even had brain, a loss of brain function due to her negligence, and now her license is now permanently revoked. So, wow. <clears throat> meaning, she was on live stream trying to do what? Like show everybody, like, like the way it goes, or? I mean, essentially, yeah. Like giving, giving, like you know, uh, showing moments of the surgery itself, or like giving some, you know, demonstrations. Like this is how this works, um, and answering questions in real time. Well, congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> Really. It's yeah, the it's evils crazy. of social media. I mean, it's going way too far now. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why you would why you would live stream a surgery to begin like with. Like somebody's yeah. life is literally exactly. in your hands right now and you're like, I bet we what, are, we lie. Yeah, what kind of surgery was it? I think it was cosmetic, well, wasn't I, it? I saw um a Brazilian butt lift was mentioned. A BBL. <laughs> it was a BBL. Um, wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. It all makes sense now. It all makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, um, you know, like a gut surgery. So did the the lady that was getting the BBL in the surgery uh, agree to it? Was it like against her will? The lady getting, or the person? Who knows? It could have been a man. The man, the person getting the the <laughs> BBL, the BBL person <laughs> said, "Don't act like there can't be men Bro. out here getting BBLs." I mean. The procedure I mean, itself yeah. is literally just like take my stomach and put it on my butt. Yeah, like, yeah, but I mean, listen, you're right. It's 2023. Like, yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It could, just think about it. There could be dudes out there with BBLs. <laughs> you're right. Next, please. Next topic. A paralyzed man walks again using Bluetooth to connect his brain to his spine. <laughs> So there's a new technology or implant called, called a digital bridge. It reads brain waves and wirelessly sends instructions to the spine, allowing the individual to use the necessary muscles for standing and walking. 
but this is a huge device and it's allowed people to, uh, to climb stairs and walk up to 100 meters using this Bluetooth technology. This is just the beginning of like a, a whole new Why are you looking at me like that? Because I'm, I just can't really believe the type of stuff that they're coming out anymore. Yeah, but I, I, I just don't understand. So like, does he have the Bluetooth chip in his brain? And then I mean, the Bluetooth a, chip in his legs? It's an implant, so... What happens when he runs out of battery? <laughs> <laughs> On the stairs. Like, even, like, from, from this test, that... Jeez. Like, Mid-step. Exactly. Jeez, yeah, man. The, the Come Bluetooth on, disconnects. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> like, this is a joke. Homie's using AirPods to, to walk in exactly. here? Exactly. Exactly. Get out of here with that. <laughs> This way for neural. <laughs> what happens? Thing. What happens if his AirPods die? But what kind of AirPods does he have? Does he have like Bose AirPods? He has He got the Samsung yeah. joints. Exactly. Does he have the Samsung <laughs> AirPods? Are they like the the Jawbone AirPods, the ones you can go get for ten dollars at the bodega? Well, it looks like one of those straps around the head. So it's it's an episode of Black Mirror, but it's. It's a lie, man. Yeah. Come on, get out of here. Now nah, they have that in China already, though. The Bluetooth. What? what? You can walk uh, Bluetooth. Bluetooth legs? Not necessarily. I, this is the first I'm hearing the Bluetooth, but the the thing that they put around their head and it connects to their brain and it like oh, sends yeah, signals yeah. and stuff into yeah. the mind and gives the body other signals for uh-huh. it to do things. It, but Bluetooth, that's the first. Yeah, I mean we're at an age of rapid acceleration in technology, um, so it's not it's, it's to be expected that these things are coming out in abundance. And another technology that came out uh, is surveillance, right? And so a story was a ham sandwich in a can of lager hmm? helped police catch cocaine dealers. A so ham sandwich? There was yeah, a ham sandwich. Y'all hear the way coaches don't even say sandwich. I know, keep going. We're listening to I'm, you. We're I'm just not from discussing. Here. Yeah. There was a group called Encrochats that was operated by um, some anonymous figures. And this chat was used, you know, for criminals, you know, across Europe you know, selling drugs and other things for a number of years. Well, recently, by just identifying a picture of a ham sandwich and a can of lager, uh, I really able to the trace the two, suspect, the two suspects, Wiley and uh, Staples. And now they're currently arrested for selling cocaine and being the founders and starters of Encrochat. So, yeah. Wow. Um, so wait, I, I still don't understand the connection between the ham sandwich so and imagine, the cashew. Like, you know, imagine like, like you, you're in a picture with yeah. A can of bottle. Yeah. And they were able to find that picture somewhere else and then trace it to your exact sandwich and your exact can <laughs> and your <laughs> So they tracked Yo. the IP address Bro. of the picture? It seems like this is more so just the data. So it's like the metadata of the photo? Like you posted a photo of the, the sandwich and the beer. And then I posted a picture of the same sandwich and the beer, but like from a different angle. And then it was like, oh, he's in the same place that he's in. So, so that's my. That so they know how, the by how the sandwich looks. <laughs> so it's dry which bodega yeah. it is. So basically, the cops just go to that place and what? get food. Wow, wow! <laughs> this shit. Is, this is a movie. You can't make this up. I mean, just somebody made it up. Don't post pictures. <laughs> this is a movie. <laughs> For real. Yeah, like just don't post any pictures of your food, especially. That's what people love to do the most. Next. Next up. So on food, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, approved a new birth control pill. What's different about this one is called Opil. 
this is basically a pill that's going to be for over-the-counter use, so there's no prescription required. Wow. Um, this is the first of its kind. Um, so this old pill is a mini pill that uses uh, progestin, for those who are scientific, progestin, a, sy a synthetic form of the hormone progesterone, and does not contain estrogen. Um, oh. So, yeah, so this is a, the first over-the-counter birth control. That sounds like they're literally giving women testosterone to kill babies. I mean, what else is new? I mean, <coughs> now they're just doing. I mean, you always can buy a Plan B pill anyway, so yeah. like it's not really much of a difference. That's crazy. So it's just now it's birth control that you can just go in and buy like aspirin. Yeah, like, like a CVS kind of worker yeah, I mean, that's not I didn't even new. know you, you needed a prescription for that before. Yeah, birth control, yeah. You used to have to get a prescription. Now, obviously, you can just go into Walgreens and just take it off the shelf. Dang. I never said anything. So that's what? <laughs> What'd you I say? I know that. That's wild. Yeah, no that's, that oh, you had no idea? Yeah. Whatever. Y'all ain't never lived life before? <laughs> I mean, I've lived yeah. life. But no, not you, this guy. This guy's like, I've never been to the doctor and been like, hey, I'm going to need birth Yeah, there's so many there. different birth controls. You, can, you know you can take That's an abortion wild. pill, right? Like, they give you a pill yeah, and you take an abortion. Yeah, yeah if it, the baby's early, so-called early enough in the progression, then you just yeah. take the pill. You don't have to get the surgery. Yeah. Says a lot about the values of this society. I mean, we've all been there. Unfortunately. Yeah. Most of us. All right, so back to the shenanigans. An eight-year-old, <laughs> an eight-year-old arrested after robbing car at gunpoint and getting into police chase. Eight-year-old. Eight-year-old. How this does he know how to drive? This is like the like, like that Boondocks episode. Like, oh. I smoke cigarettes. Yeah, when Riley. You know that was a real person. Like that really happened. Yeah, that episode of Boondocks. Yeah, that, that yeah. happened. Like that kid well, was real. Really? Really? Yeah, like level. the Booty Warrior guy. Like it was yeah, real. Yeah, the Booty Warrior I know is real. <laughs> I want so, you. So another true story. This, this eight-year-old. This eight-year-old robbed a car at gunpoint. He had a gun. Robbed the car. Oh, I know. What? Chris Hansen. And then. <laughs> Led on a I police case. Chris Hansen. I call him Chris Hansen. Um, yeah, so these new kids are different. That's Jimmy like that Jimmy that um kid. Yeah, you guys ever heard that rapper Tay K? Like he was like no. 11 oh, yeah, years old. Yeah. He, what was that oh, song? Oh yeah. Like he yeah. said, rubbing um, off the paint or something like that. Yeah, he did the dash. Like the cops yeah, looking yeah, for him, yeah. but he did the dash, and then he made a song about him. The cops chasing oh, okay. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like 11 yeah. years old. Yeah. Yeah, Tutana's like, yeah, I'm his number one fan. Hey, <laughs> did the dash. Yeah. The way Tutana said that. Like, I'm like, man, I'm going to So, that's all next topic. Um, New, New Jersey judge under investigation for rapping along to Nas and Buster Rhymes. Yeah, this one was like weird to me. I, I don't really understand the basis of it. Huh? So, they're investigating him just because, like, where was he doing that? Well, he made a separate TikTok. He did it on TikTok. On a, on a different, under a different name. So he was just what? Like rapping <laughs> he made to a, a song? To <laughs> so? Rapping over Nas, rapping over Busted Rhymes. And, they, and they're investigating him for that? And essentially they're saying this is highly inappropriate. Appropriate is poor judgment. As a, it, it, it demonstrated poor... Uh, it demonstrates disrespect for wow. the judiciary <laughs> system. And the inability so then, to confirm to the high standards of conduct. 
He's like, listen, you're a house Negro. You don't associate yourself with the field Negroes. Get back in line. So then, so then what about like these like uh, judges that are like openly racist? Well, that's that's the norm. So you're saying like you it's, it's worse. So it's worse to be openly hip like, hop a hip hop fan <laughs> than to be openly racist as a judge. Yeah, that's crazy, bro. Shout out to the judicial this system. This is a miracle. So uh, so what are we? We all know you're full of it. Will CP has a job by the end of the week. He said, "Who CP?" He said, "We'll see if he has oh, a job." We'll see if he has a job. Uh, it's so hard to hear you. So I'm talking quickly. Yeah. All right, so next topic. Loyola University teach initiation and maintenance of hormones for transgender patients class. Mm-hmm. So they did a test, a survey for engineering students at Loyola University. 50 of the 350 responses were seen as slurs or hate speech directed towards those who were transgender. Some of the quotes uh, were them saying that I, I I'm a I'm a uh, I'm a helicopter or, or I'm an airplane like I identify as a as a flying object I identify as this type of thing and so in that process <laughs> university is basically saying that this is inappropriate engineers have you know a, a, a disdain towards the LGBTQ community and now they need further education around that community. You know this is kind of like the beauty of living in a society where anything goes is technically you can't tell these people that they can't identify as a helicopter. Like, you started this nonsense when you said that you can be whatever you want to be and you can change yourself. And then now you're saying that people can't identify as a helicopter. And I just want to take this time to tell you guys that I identify as a chimney and my pronouns are chim and knee. So if you want the smoke, you know where to find me. <laughs> you know, I saw this. I don't even know what to call it, but it identified as a wolf. And it was doing the wolf sounds. Wow. So, I mean, if that's acceptable, wolf well, I don't see why you're getting mad at somebody saying they identify as a helicopter. the wolf sounds weird, though. I mean, listen, bro. Like, they're just that's, like, if you want to call me, that's the way you call me. Right. Okay. Pretty much. Pretty much. But the thing is, that's acceptable. Like, no one said anything to that person. Like, that person is probably even famous now. Maybe even getting money. I mean, I, 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 I identify as a, um, a black, white billionaire. A black, black white, white billionaire? Yeah, I'm yeah. a black, white billionaire. My pronouns, my pronouns are ma- majestic and, and magnificent. So, what? I'm suing the U.S. government. Are for you? not giving me the billions of dollars that I deserve because I identify as a billionaire. Mm. Yeah, well, you know. I identify as next topic. <laughs> and, as, and as an engineer, I can relate. That's the way they think. So, uh, last topic. BRICS nations will introduce a new trading digital currency backed by gold in BRICS countries. Some Good of the countries are Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. So this is a huge shift in global, uh, in global uh, politics, where these powers are really making their own currency um, amidst the, the collapse of the U.S. dollar and its gold back, which is you know a big scare for dollar. Hmm. Listen, I'm I'm all for you know alternative means, but 
personally, I don't really think the U.S. dollar is going to collapse in the way that people think. Yeah. Because if it really was, then you would see all the financial institutes make very different decisions. Mm. Even Elon Musk, like he, um, it's funny because I was, um, my job, they told me to get on this Zoom call today. And the Zoom call, they were talking about a tweet that Elon Musk um, posted. And the tweet was pretty much telling us that, okay, the recession or the economy is going to go like this. Mm-hmm. So get ready for it, but then it's gonna still go like this. Mm-hmm. Like every, it happens every year. Like every four years, actually, mm-hmm. the, it gets worse and worse, and then it goes up again. Mm-hmm. And it gets worse and worse, and it goes up again. So, I mean, maybe it's a good thing. You know, other countries are offering alternatives, but let's let's be for real. I mean, I don't know anywhere that you can go right now, and the U.S. dollar is still not valued right. in people's eyes. It's not accepted exactly. I mean, isn't that the currency that backs up the world bank <clears throat> something like that but that's why they're trying to do this BRICS thing they're trying yeah. to get out of that because the fact that it backs the world bank that's how they're able to kind of like go into these other countries and like dictate like what certain things should be because of the currency so they want it to be what what the BRICS they're trying to have their own currency and they're trying to make like oil and gold and all these things <clears throat> backed by their own currency uh-huh. I wonder what language like, he's okay. like trying to compete. I thought you were talking about like Brooks Brothers. I couldn't even hear you. No, no Brooks. 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 Brazil. It's B-R-I-C-S. Um, yeah. Russia. Russia, India, China, India, China. China South Africa. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, this whole time I thought you were talking about Brooks Brothers. I couldn't even hear you. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting though. I, I wonder what, uh, what the language is going to be for it. You know, because there's like English on the American dollar, you mm-hmm. know, on the U.S. dollar, you know, and English is low key like the money language, mm-hmm. you know, no matter where you go, if you can speak a little bit of English, you know, you probably got a chance at you know, getting but a job, making some money. Population, because between those countries, like those are some of the biggest populations in the world. So combined, that's probably over half of the, of the world population. And that's a that's the interesting thing, right? It's like you know, China, Africa, India, all these places have like huge, uh, sort of like population influence, I mm. guess, like the human opportunity, human capital, right, to influence the rest of the world. But mm-hmm. it's America, man. <laughs> like they they're just better at marketing. They're phenomenal. How you go? How you mm-hmm. gonna beat the marketing? Like. The Big Apple. Everybody wants to be here. Yeah, everybody wants a piece of that. I mean, we'll. I mean, I guess we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, on that note, <clears throat> before we get into today's topic, uh, Cam Warrior, we appreciate you for being a dedicated, always, bro. dedicated viewer. Make up yourself. Because you're always here, always asking questions. You already had it. You put four questions in a row, Cam Warrior. Appreciate you. Call the temple sometime. Bro. I know, right? Like just, just reach and come reveal classes or something. Like because, <laughs> but uh, let us, you know, let us uh, indulge you. Can your organization explain the, explain the anti-African, the anti-African throughout the world? What is your organization answer to neo-colonialism? Can your organization really united the whole Africa under the comedic banner? 
Why is the Horn of Africa and Northern Sudan so anti-African? So, let's start with the first one. Hmm. Can your organization explain the anti-African throughout the world? Well, you know, you ever, like, went to school with that person where, like, they're, like, super smart? They're, like, top of the class. They play every sport, Mm -hmm. and they're good at it. Mm -hmm. And they're, like, in every club, and they're just, like, overachieving, and they're just good at everything. (laughs) And then you're just like, God, I hate that person. That's why there's an anti-African sentiment throughout the world. Because Africans are just so far ahead of the rest of the world when it comes to intelligence and just, like, focus on culture and real things that in order to keep everybody away from the origins of civilization, they have to do all this propaganda against Africa. So that's why there's an anti-African sentiment or propaganda throughout the world. What is your organization's answer to neocolonialism? What of you guys want to answer this? Our answer to neocolonialism? Well, it's Morpheus colonialism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a bad one, but I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Agent Smith colonialism. <laughs> you know, the funny thing I think about this, though, is like, that's not even a real concept. Like neo-colonialism. There's no neo-colonialism. It's just like the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Just a different Literally. form. Mm-hmm. Like, you put a different face on the same exact actions. It's the same thing. You know, even yeah. buying into the fact that it could be something new or neo is the trick itself. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's even to... Because um, that, that question and the first question even itself go right hand in hand together. Because I think that for a long time I, I asked that same question and then when I see like places like America places like Singapore you know places that are like so called like highly advanced Mm -hmm. the thing is these places don't get advanced without first being able to trample or stomp on somebody else exactly it's like the wealth that was needed to even like come over here to build so called build America or like build all these structures or build these governments it really took them to kind of like destabilize other people first Mm -hmm. so the whole concept of colonialism it had to really really hit Europe first but then from there taking it to those from those people then instilling the mindset in those people that okay they have the right to be above other people Mm. then taking it to Africa it's like without the colonization of Africa then the whole entire world would be colonized because essentially they colonized the foundation of the world Mm. they colonized the mother Mm. so taking it from there all the wealth and the riches that they got from colonizing Africa and making religion like the basis of things is what they use to kind of like push forward throughout the rest of the world Mm. and that's really like our answer to that to colonialism in that way is just if it's all about how they took the culture away and the culture is what even taking the culture away is what even allowed them access to get certain resources then the only logical thing is to instill the culture 
the only logical thing is to instill the, the values and the principles that were there beforehand so once you instill those then people start looking at their environments different they start looking at their families different the land different so certain things we want to really be acceptable anymore so then once that happens the entire system just falls and that's one of the reasons why they have to promote Africa in this way because it has to be viewed negative mm. and then even Africans themselves and African descendants themselves have to view it negative because then we won't look there to say oh well you know this is actually a value what the ancestors had was actually a value mm -hmm. because all we're talking about is just one system which is colonial the colonial system versus the natural system which we know as a comedic system and that's all it is it's just them trying to keep a specific system or a way of life at bay while trying to promote another one to you but the thing is one is just destroying you without you even knowing it and that's what makes it, I guess, neo-colonialism. Because now you don't know. Before you knew, right. now you don't even know. You're just a part of it now. Mm. Next question is, can your organization really united the whole <laughs> Africa? I'm just reading it. As it was, as it was typed. <laughs> as it was typed. Can your organization really united the whole Africa under the comedic banner? I mean... Yes, but it's not necessarily like we're not going to be sitting here being like what's going to fix all of Africa is going to be all kept out temples because it's more like like Kajazrim was saying like the more you move away from the colonial way of doing things and mm -hmm. you just return to the natural way of doing things that's what's going to save things so yes and no because it's just going to come down to people realizing that, like, you know, there's a reason why Africa hasn't been fully colonized. And it's because it is the cradle of civilization. So there's something there that they haven't been able to conquer. And that's why they put out all this propaganda. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would say, you know, the comedic banner is still, still going strong, whether you realize it or not. But if you're waiting for there to be like a comedic, like a country or something like that, I don't. I can't say that that's ever that's ever gonna happen. Mm. Yeah. I mean, just to add, I mean, I would say, like the Teepsa said, there's a lot in Africa that we don't really necessarily have exposure to, and it goes back to again, like how Africa is even promoted. So, temples and traditional people who are like still following, like you know comedic principles or still following like the ways of nature that's not gonna necessarily be promoted to you like if you notice like the amazon for some reason their spirituality in amazon is promoted heavily mm -hmm. even in the west but you will never because see it promoted this right but you will never see it promoted the same way with africa wait and that's because <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's just because it goes back to again like they don't want people to start looking at life different because if you see it as different then you might actually want to do and be different so it just boils down to it's it's from honestly it's just going to be that it's just going to be people who are able to see it and then unite off of that and then there's going to be people who are already just stuck in the colonial mindsets and that's kind of like where we're at right now yeah and i mean you know my small piece would be you know try to do it where you are and see how feasible it is where you are because 
there's people all around you in your community that are probably looking for, you know, the the same exact things that you're looking for. You know, and if you can galvanize those people to come together and actually do something as one, you know, you'll see the difficulty because the question of whether or not it's possible is sort of no, you know. Uh, of course it's possible that, you know, all of Africa could be united under comedic principles. Um, that was obviously the case at one point, and it was the case for the whole world, really. Um, but whether or not you can make that practical is really the question that should be at hand. So, you know, go ahead and give it a shot, you know. Do it in your own community and see, you know, how far it really takes you. And, and how far it takes those in, in your community. Because there's always going to be something that comes up against somebody trying to do something good, you know? So, of course, it's possible. But try it and see. The next question is, why is the Horn Africa and Northern Sudan so anti-African? Because the Horn of Africa is essentially a bunch of Arabs. Mamelukes! So... <laughs> so... So the thing is, is you're dealing with basically a bunch of Arabs. You're not dealing with a bunch of Africans. Or you're dealing with a bunch of Africans that were mixed with the Arabs. Mm. And the thing is, is because it's like that area has kind of been conquered by the Arab culture. And the Arabs, they are trying so hard to be in the Arab culture. But the thing is, is they're too dark and too out of place for the Arabs. And they're too light for the Africans, so they're kind of just like between a rock and a hard place. So they're like, you know what? We might as well just go against the blackies. So that's like what they do, is that they just align themselves with the Arabs and try. But it's really just, you know, it's really just kind of like, you know, ground zero for the Arabs in terms of like how they were able to take over that region and area. So that's why it's so anti-African. And on that note... We thank you, Kim Warrior, for your questions. Uh, we're here for all of your questions. You guys can put them in the chat. We can answer them. And on that note, today's episode, we are talking about the one and only Nebnabala Musamora Dinabeg. Now, exactly, the Makaru. Now, for those of you that know, and for those of you that don't know, the Makaru has reached the highest title possible within the Kemetic temples, which is a prophet. And hold on, Cam Warrior, seriously, <laughs> came through with another question. <laughs> uh, we'll answer it. We'll, yeah, we'll answer we'll it later. Answer it. Uh, which is the highest title you can reach within the Kemetic temples, which is a prophet, and it's the highest title you can reach as a high priest within the comedic temples because of what you contribute to the culture and he contributed as for those of you that don't know the comedic civilization has been in hidden in plain sight in secrecy for thousands of years because they decided and said hey you know what these people that are looking for the great god Ra are going to show up and they're going to be asking us hey where's the people that worship the great god Ra. So we're going to change the name, we're going to do it under something different. Mm -hmm. And then now we're going to do everything that we were doing, but we're just kind of going to tweak it a little bit and make it less recognizable for people. 
So the culture went in underground in plain sight for thousands of years. And the reason why we call Master Naba a prophet and why he's recognized by the ancestral temple as a prophet is because he opened up the doors of this civilization that had been hidden for thousands of years to the rest of the world again. So for those of you that are questioning and wondering why Kepta or the Earth Center, because Kepta is just, it, Earth Center is just a translation of Kepta, why we will say we're the only Kemetic temple is because we are. Because we're the only ones that are allowed to go out and open up the doors to the Kemetic culture again and the initiatic camps that have been hidden for thousands of years in secret. And we stopped writing things down because we didn't want you guys to come and burn our archives like you guys did so many thousands of years before. Shout out to the Library of Alexandria and all of those things, all of those archives that have been lost. So we, we don't do that anymore. And so if you want to know why we look at Master Naba as a prophet, it's because today we're going to talk about, we're going to discuss revolution. We're going to talk and we're going to discuss revolution because it's time I think we shifted our ideas of what we consider revolutionaries. Mm. Because there's a few people we could start on, right? Malcolm, Martin, you name it. There's a few people we can get going with. And we're going to talk about why Malcolm's not a real revolutionary, mm -hmm. why Martin's not a real revolutionary, mm -hmm. all the civil rights activists are or, not real. Or, let's say, they didn't get a chance. Okay, that's yeah, that's fair. To go that far. Yeah. They couldn't they couldn't when they it. were. Exactly. When they were going yeah. to be that exactly. is when they got assassinated. Exactly. And that's that's really what we're trying to get the point across. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, things happen in stages and there was a progression for all of these different people. Mm -hmm. And the system knows that. The system knows that very well. So the system can see, okay, well, we've had these people on this kind of rope for a while. Now they're going a different way I think it's time we kind of clip their wings before they actually soar right. well what did Mar Martin say before he was assassinated he said I fear I've led my people into a burning house mm -hmm. and because I think Martin started to realize that he was fighting for a t he was fighting for crumbs mm -hmm. in terms of trying to get a seat at the table and he was fighting for crumbs because you're dealing with a society and you're dealing with a civilization that already deems you subhuman. So then now you're trying to be recognized as not being subhuman, mm -hmm. but everything that they've built the system to be in terms of structuring there to be no or nothing to fall through the cracks, what they did is they said, you people aren't welcome here and he said well we're gonna fight to be welcomed mm -hmm. and then after a while he said wait a second i think we're going the wrong way and the minute he said that with all the influence that he had they said mm -hmm. because they don't want you going the other direction right I malcolm mean, i mean malcolm same exact example it's like 
hey man you know uh the honorable elijah muhammad has this <laughs> you know system yeah, yeah, yeah. for you to go through where you can become an established man and you can get your shout out to farrakhan right and you know because we all know that you're just full of it too i mean you know yeah, it's yeah. it's like you big up this religious figure <laughs> And then you're look, you're looking like I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> no, it's not that. I was laughing because I remember um, there was a video of um, John Henry Clark, and he was like, "This was years back, years back when I was doing all this research." And I'm like, "Man, why is John Henry Clark coming at Farrakhan like this?" Mm. He was calling him Farrakhan, oh, like Farrakhan, yeah. Like Con yeah, artist, yeah, uh -huh. and I'm like, man, why is he really coming Optimum. at him like this? So then, like, after like really looking at it and like really thinking about what he's saying and like, looking at, looking, mm -hmm. researching it for myself, I realize, I, I, I get it now. I see, but I'm gonna let Kenny Bashu, you know, continue before we get into yeah, that. Yeah, don't interrupt Kenny Bashu. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's like you, you big up this religious figure, and <clears throat> behind that is just sort of this faith in a person or um, a religion which we know you know has no real base in spirituality it's just about getting you riled up based on your emotions and you know how you feel about something and you know sad to sad enough to say you know the nation of islam took in a lot of brothers who are coming out of prison right and you're in a very vulnerable position when you're, when you're coming out of prison because for one you can't really function within a society that is always going to pick you out and say that you're the one that doesn't fit back within the into the society based on what we've done to you so then the nation of islam is like you know welcoming all of them and reforming you know these men to be um to be these religious leaders basically and then from that you know malcolm x is born and it's like he's this great speaker he's this great speaker he has you know these things behind him that are helping him to give these great speeches and eventually he sees that okay it's not about elijah muhammad it's not about islam either it's about having some sort of principles like as just being a good person but where does all of this come from like what's the root of all of it he decides to go to Africa he goes to Africa he sees the people he sees how humbly they live and he's like well it doesn't seem like all of these people have Islam and that's not the root of why they are the way they are mm -hmm. so it has to be something else he goes to the pyramids he sees all of these things and he's like now it's that's adding a up. <laughs> he said, that's a black man. Wait a minute. <laughs> now it's starting to add up. Like, wait. All of this had to become had to come before Islam. So maybe it's possible that Islam got it off of this. Got it off of this comedic, you know, civilization. And then he comes back and he's like, Well, I don't know about the nation of Islam. I, maybe there were some things that I didn't talk about. Maybe there were some things that I didn't say, some things that I saw, some things, some things that I never wanted to talk about. And then he started talking about those things, and then it's like, next week you assassinated. You out of here. You're gone. But that's the model. That's the model for a revolutionary. It's like, 
you know, what Fred Hampton was doing with the Black Panthers. It's like he was really starting to change things. I just found out from this guy that Wick even came from the, the Black, Black Panthers, Panthers deciding yes. to give the free meals to the community and to the children and then the, the, s- government. the government just co-opted the same thing mm-hmm. and gave it back to the community as Wick. But now it's in a way where it can uh, hurt the family. It's women, infants, and children. Where is the father within all of that? Mm-hmm. Right? You can't you can't afford help unless you're father you're like a fatherless family. That doesn't even you know, that does nothing for a healthy society. It only promotes and gives a handout to a dis uh, a society that's already dysfunctional. So these are people that are already going into the community and doing revolutionary things and having the mind to say, you know, there's something that's off here and it's, it has nothing to do with all of the things that we've been given already. It's something that came way before that. But the moment that they get to a point where it's like, what was before all of this, all of this and let me turn my focus towards that, it's like, Ixnay, you gotta go. I mean, the thing is, is that we deal with so much, like we deal with so many false revolutionaries. And the reason why I say false revolutionaries is because the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And the reason why we can we can say that is because all of these so-called revolutionaries were using the tools of the master, the slave master to hmm. be exact, mm-hmm. and claiming to be able to lead you out of the madness that is the mental slavery that the slave master had put everybody in and they wanted to give you the tools that the slave master made accessible to you because the slave master was only going to give you tools that allowed you to build the master's house and allowed you to support the master's house not to break out of the master's house so you cannot claim to be a revolutionary if your tools are coming from the slave master and that's what we're dealing with with Malcolm and Martin and anybody else that you want to consider a revolutionary that was not pointing you back to your ancestors because Kwame Ture really had it kind of like he kind of figured it out mm-hmm. and that's why Stokely Carmichael aka Kwame Ture jumped ship mm-hmm. and that's why he was like I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And he went to was it Angola? I don't I don't remember where he went. I think he went to Ghana. He went to he went somewhere and then he just like started living there mm-hmm. and then was like, "All right, I'm going to Africa. Like I'm not going to go where I'm not wanted." Mm-hmm. Because when you really look at his contemporaries at that time, he was really the only one that did that. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why he was able to find longevity for so long. Mm-hmm. But after a certain point, like we don't really talk about Kwame today like fact. that anymore. That's like nobody fact. really cares about Kwame today. Like, like let's keep mm-hmm. it real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everybody wants to commemorate Malcolm X and commemorate Mount Martin, but nobody really talks about, you know, the other revolutionaries that mm-hmm. were coming out of Africa. Mm-hmm. Because this is the thing, is when we really start to talk about Master Naba's history, you're talking about a gentleman that you know, was very widely known 
within the circles of Pan-Africanism. And he was very widely known within the Rastafarian circles because he was a revolutionary that was preaching on and leading everybody back to the ancestral traditions. And that's the thing, is that if you want to talk about tools that are going to allow you to break out of the master's home, it's going to be the tools that he took away from you, that made you so powerful, that are going to be the ones to get you out mm. and break free out of the master's home. And that's the thing nobody wants to talk about. The reason why we can say that Martin and Malcolm aren't real revolutionaries, and I hope that pisses some of you guys off because it should, because we're here to kill your darlings tonight, and we're here to kill your darlings tonight because we want you guys to think outside of the box. Mm -hmm. Because the box <coughs> is religion, it's science, and it's politics. Mm -hmm. and those are the things that are going to take you further and further into the master's house. Which mm. embodies academia. Don't forget that. And academia that's has all of those things in it. And that's the thing that's, like, that's really sad because those are actually, those things that you just said are the main pillars that you can find that the black community themselves really stands uh -huh. on. Well, the black and community, I'm going to say, what can we really say the black community is standing on nowadays? Like, the black community yeah. nowadays, what is it standing on? Just, like, welfare and Section 8? Like, what is it standing <clears throat> on? Like, I mean, even like outside gun violence? of that, like... Out yeah, like, outside of that, it's, it's still, it's all just twerking? the same <laughs> tools given by the system. Like, even to bring it back to, like, the revolutionaries, right? Dysfunction. Like, you said it yourself. Like, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. It's not like people don't have the right intentions or the right, um, or mm -hmm. good heart. Like, ideas right? about or it. Or good ideas about it. But mm -hmm. the problem becomes when you only have the tools given to you by the slave master. Mm -hmm. When you only have religion, which is an anti-spiritual movement, which is a movement that is anti-culture. When you only have politics, which is an anti-Kemetic spiritual system, right? Mm -hmm because it goes against how the family was even governed or how we governed ourselves before. Then when you only have science, which goes against, again, the realities of the non-material, and then you throw in <coughs> academics, which, again, even goes against traditional education. Mm -hmm. When you have all of those things as your foundation, you kind of don't have a choice but to fall victim to those things. It's almost like you're trying to, you're trying to run a race, but you're trying to run a race completely blind you don't have you don't have sight you don't have the vision yeah, because it's, like it's not in it's not in your mental at that point and that's the thing and the system knows that very well and that's why whenever we have like so-called revolutionaries or so-called black political leaders or whatever the system actually promotes that the system gives the platform for that that's why you black see lives matter like there's Word. a malcolm x boulevard there's a Martin Luther King, King Boulevard, Boulevard and all of those boulevards hood. are always in the hood mm -hmm. because they know we gave these people these tools mm. and they use these tools to fight against us not knowing that all they're doing is putting themselves further and further and further into exactly. the system that we put in place exactly which is the which is the problem right and this is again whenever you have these revolutionaries who now take a step back and they're like oh shit maybe this is the wrong way 
maybe what we need is something else. Mm -hmm. Maybe America and the things America provides is not what we need. It's not what we need to like use as tools to fight. Then that's when they assassinate them. And then for those people who don't even, they didn't even start that way, start that way politically mm -hmm. or academically, all that stuff. Those are the people you never hear about. Yeah. Those are the people that don't get a street. Those are the people that don't get a book. Those are the people that don't get a te television series because yeah, it's anti the system. You. They're not going to lead you to something anti the system. And that's the thing is before we kind of go into it further, let's take a look at some of the questions. Let's see if Kim Warrior has more questions for us. Does your organization support Pan-Africanism? Can the continent proceed in the future without unity? No. They cannot proceed in the future without unity and yes we're true pan-africanisms true pan-africanists i should say in that all we do is we put our money where our mouth is and like we may not be doing gated gates for a few weeks because we're going to be you know off the grid and medita so mm -hmm. deuces <laughs> um what were the technology used to build the pyramids amongst other intelligence can this technology used to build modern africa yes of yes. course <laughs> yeah you can yes will there be a confrontation between the west and africa in the near future it already is it's always it's been a confrontation <laughs> that's the point like that's what we're saying like that's been this confrontation since the dawn of all of this and exactly. they're trying to keep you away from looking on that other side so this side can continue to win mm. so um looks like stones tv is giving us some opinions and then uh Kim warrior is saying why didn't africa use spirituality <coughs> to fight against colonialism doing the transatlantic slavery so let's say you have a cannon right like you know like a cannon like one of the cannons is filled with like gun. a cannonball <laughs> like let's say you have a cannon with a cannonball right and then you're sitting there and then you're literally looking at like a two-year-old or like a three-year-old right then you shoot that two-year-old or that three-year-old with that cannonball <laughs> like what would you say about that person mm. and that's what we're talking about when you ask why didn't Africans use spirituality to fight Ooh. against the slave masters but you know yeah you, you really touching on something crazy though because it made me think about the um, the Haitian revolution right oh man because you're gonna piss off a lot of Haitians. Oh man, yeah. I got a bone to pick with a with a specific Haitian. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm just joking. I love y'all, but um, it really Don't does lie. speak Say on something. Say it with your chest. <laughs> Say it with your chest. <laughs> it really does speak on something you know very specific, because uh, if you guys know about the Haitian Revolution against the French, you know that you know in reality that only happened because of the voodoo traditions right and there had to be priests and you know elders who had held on to some form of their you know traditional uh african spirituality uh comedic spirituality that had crossed the globe you know so they were able to do certain spiritual works to go against the french and have less men but end up on the winning side of that fight right 
so but doing but in doing that there's spiritual implications right you take these other lives you have to sort of make up for that on the other end mm -hmm. and when those works weren't done when those things weren't taken care of when those spirits aren't fed on the other side they're or still it's not cleaned or it's not, not cleaned, cleaned right. right it's not you know made right per se then there's things that you're going to have to deal with that, like it just doesn't go away your history mm -hmm. is written so maybe possibly my Asian people out there that's why things are going on in that area in the way that they are it's not yeah. by chance and and to even like just to chime in a little bit on what you're saying the thing is that that's even a question I, I kept asking myself I even have like family that are aware that like you know I'm doing like an initiation or I went through initiation and aware that I'm involved in like traditional spirituality because we have family even in Jamaica that's still kind of like dibbling it but then they're kind of like pushed out to the side like oh you're weirdo you're pagans and mm -hmm. this and that blah 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 so I have cousins on the other side of it that are like you know no that that don't work we don't believe in that because if that was the truth then we would have never went into slavery and this and that mm -hmm. and the thing is, I'm not going to say that they Africans didn't try mm -hmm. to do that, though. But again, maybe in doing so, there were certain repercussions that came about from doing those things. Mm -hmm. And then even some aspects of slavery is what you see as a repercussion of doing certain things. Exactly. And then there's even, there, it's, it's a lot to this history <clears throat> because there's even like aspects of that history where it's mm -hmm. like, again, how did they get you to even fall in the first place they had to get certain individuals away from those traditions you know i want to tell a story real quick the floor is yours so um our hatanid nahez minyu he told this story um in a youtube live once uh you could check it out i think it's Shout called colonial uh colonialism the roots of colonialism or something like that it's on our youtube but he told the story of Cambyses, right? So basically Cambyses is a conqueror, right? And he comes from a foreign land. Now, he sees the majesty of Kemet from afar, just like all of these other regions have seen the majesty of Kemet from afar, right? In the times of those great ancestors, when the pyramids were built, you know, the Sphinx was built. All these great things are happening. So he sees all of that. And, of course, you can't help but admire that kind of majesty, that kind of greatness that's coming from a place that can exemplify these things, that have the math to be able to build the pyramids. So he's a conqueror. His father was a conqueror. You know, his father's father was a conqueror. So he decides that he's going to go there. He's going to conquer that, that land. So he gets there, and he's like, all right, I'm taking over this place. He brings his troops, and he takes, you know, he, he conquers, right? So at that time in Kemet, they had come to the realization that the holy cow, right, was the reincarnation, was the... Uh, the god of the dead. Was the... I'm trying to find the right word, the manifestation, right? The manifestation of the God of the dead, right? And if you know your stuff, you know who that is, 
and you know how important that is, right? So he finds that out, right? Cambyses finds that out, and he says, well, if that's who they're revering, if that's what they're so caught up on, and they want to honor this God of the dead, right? Then and they won't respect me because they're giving me the nickname donkey. <laughs> I'll show them how much of a donkey I am. <laughs> he was given the nickname donkey because of his hard-headedness, right? He came to these places who had such a great tradition, such a great way of living, such a great way of building up the human being to be able to evolve and go to higher heights and find that divinity within yourself and to enhance that divinity, right? And he came there with this mindset of, you know, I'm just going to rule just because I can, just because I want to, just because I, you know, have seen it done before. So he says, well, if you won't respect me, right, this will be the ultimate test of respect. This is my land now. And on my land, we will kill the holy cow. And then we will eat the meat of the holy cow. Now, all of these comedic people are looking around at each other like, um, excuse me? Why would I possibly ever think about the possibility of eating the God of the dead? That doesn't make any sense because one day I'm going to die. And then I'm going to have to face that God of the dead with the history written that I have eaten the meat that is the manifestation of the God of the dead. Right. So it doesn't make any sense. So what they did in that moment was truly revolutionary. And this is the revolution that we're talking about. This is a real revolution. Right. So what these people did is they refused to eat the meat of the holy cow. Right, And for that, Cambyses said that any of you who, who refuse to eat the meat of the holy cow, your head will be put on the guillotine and your head will be chopped off. Simple. Finished. So every one of those people, this is thousands of people that are lining up to put their head on the guillotine, to be chopped off, and to go meet the God of the dead. On the circumstance that they refused to eat that meat and say, I respect the principles, right, that I know are true. And I would rather die than to turn my back on the progress that my ancestors have come to so far. So when we look at these modern revolutionaries and we really dissect what's going on with the decisions that are being made, right? Reparations, Juneteenth, all of these kinds of things. It's just another way to siphon you into the colonial mindset, to siphon you into another way to turn your back on the work of your ancestors. Because your ancestors didn't decide that, okay, maybe I'll eat a little bit of it so that Cambyses won't kill me so that maybe I can, you know, do something else or I can live within the society. It's like, no, this society, if the society is going to go in a direction where this donkey is going to be dictating things, 
I would rather go meet the God of the dead right now with the work that I've done so far because I know where my heart is and I know that the traditions that I've upheld so far have taken me to this point. So when we really look at the revolutionaries that have come across the table as far as you know our American revolutionaries or any of them per se, it's like who of them has done the work that the Makaru has done to be born in the traditions, go through the initiations, not the two weeks to become a comedic priest. How does that work? Right? Not the one month to uh, learn Reiki healing and then to call yourself a healer. We're talking about years among years among years of learning from a person that before you didn't possibly didn't leave the bush and learned for years and years and years how to work with these herbs how to learn from the uh the technology of learning how to converse with the earth right though those are real initiations right and going through all of that and then petitioning those elders to say like hey can i please go take this to help my to help our people and our people meaning any of these people who are on these foreign lands who are willing to hold this with both hands and say that this is worth something i'm going to take this to those people no matter what the color of their skin no matter what religion they practiced before, if they know that this is worth it and they will hold it, I will give it to them. And those elders said, yes. If that's not a revolution against everything that's around you right now in this colonial world, then I don't know what it is. So, I mean, are you guys... No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I just have a question for everybody that's listening. And... I really want to ask, like, what is revolution? Because I think we throw around the word revolution a lot. And I think everything Kenny Bosch, who just said, has to make you kind of think a little bit. Because we think about revolution as being the thing that makes your blood boil and goes out there and answer a call to action of sorts and answer a call to action of sorts where what you do is you go out and you burn down some buildings or you burn down some you know like a bus or like you boycott riding the bus or you hit them financially you do this and you do that and rarely do we talk about the different types of revolution right because there's like social revolution right which is what we talk about socially which is like strictly a social thing so it's strictly dealing within the realm of like things that don't really matter right and then there's like economic revolution and then it's sort of like you know the money you can't really take it with you right and then there's cultural revolution 
Now we can say Malcolm and Martin were real social revolutionaries, but we can't really call them cultural revolutionaries because they were coming from the colonialist culture. They were coming from the slave religion. They were coming from the slave master's culture. So you can't really say that they were coming to shake up the culture as you know it. It's that they were only looking for sort of like political or social gains within the system. Now, do you consider the person that does not allow their way of life to be infringed upon considered a revolutionary? Which means you will not allow any outside forces, you will not allow any conquerors, you will not allow any imperialists to come in and dictate to you and change your way of life. Is that revolution? Is that the truest form of revolution? Or is the truest form of revolution when you go out and you burn down some buildings and then you go out and burn the physical representation of institutions? Or is revolution when you burn down the structures of colonialism in your mind? Is revolution when you burn down these structures of colonialism that exist within you, conditionally speaking, the things you have been conditioned to revere, the superheroes that you have been conditioned to look up to, the people that are considered as heroes that you look up to, the things that you consider as valuable to hold dear to your heart, like being an astronaut, like being a doctor, like being a lawyer, like being a, you know, a police officer, watching Law and Order, eating McDonald's, doing all of these things. Are these things not to be considered institutionalization mentally? And if you break those things down, is that not in and of itself a revolution? Or is revolution looking to gain more ability to open up more and more McDonald's, more and more political influence to go out and inflict upon those the same way you have been imperialized and colonized? Is that revolution? Because we have to be very clear on what we consider revolution. And Stone's TV, to say it's all revolution, you're a liar. You're a liar and you're full of it. And you're a liar and you're full of it. And I'm sorry that I have to say this, but you have to be honest and to say that no, those things are not all revolution. Because revolution means you have to break some monuments that are existing within you, that are existing within your mind, that are allowing you to be led to slaughter by the powers that be. Then you can consider that to be revolution. And if those things are not leading you outside of the slaughter, then you cannot consider them revolution. But I just want to say that revolution in its truest sense has to do with a change 
And if you look at Kenny Bashu's um, shirt, it even says revolution starts with the self. Plug that and, shirt. Plug the shirt. And even, even to talk about all of this today, we have to first even understand that there was obviously a change or a shift in the ideas and the mentality or the paradigm of individuals. Because what really happened some odd two, three thousand plus years ago was there was a revolution of some sorts and but this revolution was a revolution against nature itself it was a revolution against the very aspects of reality and a revolution against culture this is where we even get the idea of politics like with these greek philosophies and all these things and what we're really trying to say is that in today's modern day we're all living that revolution that was against nature but we can see that that revolution that was against nature is the same revolution that's now causing the destruction of nature itself. It's causing the destruction of the family. It's causing the destruction of even the individual. So we have to really, really take in a, take things and like really think about things and like, hey, maybe it's time for a change. Maybe it's time we look at things different. Maybe it's time we do things different. And that can only start with first, you know, yourself. It can only start with you taking the time to actually look at how the colonial system has infected you, how it's changed even like where your ancestors have brought themselves, how it's changed even the way you think, the way you eat, the way you look, the way you dress, all these things. Like what, what values do you have? What principles do you have? Until you can change those things, as Sutipsa said, then you can't really say that something is revolutionary. Because the same revolutions that have been put down our throats since the 60s, and even before that, has been revolutions that's been based in the system of the revolution against nature itself. So now to really truly have a real revolution, we have to now get back to the original ways. We have to now get back to our ancestral ways. That's the revolution. Because it was our ancestral ways that was really infringed upon. It was our ancestral ways that they really came in and took the sword and chopped people's heads. It was our ancestral ways that they really, really, really tried to get rid of. Now it's up to us to really come and now hold that, hold those things and value them and hold them with principles. And that's why we have to, you know, say big shout outs to Master Naba because that's what he came with. He came with the ancestral knowledge. He came with the ancestral ways, the ancestral wisdom. He came with the culture and the traditions, which is what we were all lacking whether we believe it or not. Like, culture is not just about singing and dancing. Culture is not just about being able to dress a certain way. Culture is not just about being able to talk a certain way. Culture is about the principles and the values. Culture is about how we relate to our environment. That's culture, because culture is an umbrella. Culture is the, thing, is the very thing that we can consider to be a discipline. Culture itself is the ultimate human discipline. But we've been lacking that discipline because somebody took it away from us. And it's time for us to get back to that. And that's where the real revolution starts. And uh, so Stones TV is saying, so Malcolm and Martin didn't make a change? Come on, bro. Nope. No, they didn't, bro. They didn't. And that's the problem. Is like, your life is no different now that Malcolm and Martin have made their changes. And I say that as somebody that looked up to Malcolm and Martin growing up, particularly Malcolm, because I looked at Malcolm as kind of like, a, you know, not taking any shit and not taking anything from the colonizer and being like, if you want 
smoke, you're going to get it. If you want problems, you're going to get it. And I found Martin's theological approach to be a bit too passive for my tastes. And yet, Malcolm, Malcolm doesn't really get you anywhere. Because once you start really looking into Malcolm's school of thought, and you know kind of where it's going to take you it's not really going to take you anywhere but further and further and further into the system and that's what the system's going to do for you bro like that's the thing is like at a certain point you have to realize that religion is a tool of the oppressor and if you can't see that Malcolm and Martin were giving to you more tools of the oppressor, then there's something wrong with your eyes and there's something wrong with your mind. There's not something wrong with what I'm saying. There's something wrong with what you cannot put your mind to grasp around because it means that you're unable to understand that if I'm only going to give you a rebranded shackle it's still a shackle. And that's not a problem in terms of telling you that you're still shackled to the farm. You're still shackled and picking cotton. But now it's been rebranded so that you think that the shackles are of your own volition. And that's the problem. Is that it's the fact that Malcolm and Martin were not offering any alternatives to get you outside of the system. By the time they started to come around to getting outside of the system, which was to go home, to go Africa, I mean to go back to Africa, they got murdered. And that's what we're saying, is you have to go home. You have to go back to your culture. You have to go back to the place that does not look at you as a threat, does not look at you as somebody that is not coming from where you belong and that's the thing is that they look at you like you do not belong islam is an arab tool of colonialism uh christianity is a european tool of colonialism you're talking about something that the romans the greco-romans came up with it started as an anti-comedic spirituality movement if you do not understand that, it means you do not have an exposure outside of what you have been taught to think and taught to believe. And we're not here to cater to your emotions, to make you feel like you can just prop up a picture of Malcolm and a picture of Martin and then call yourself a revolutionary. Being a revolutionary is not a concept, it's an act. Shout out to Ibn Tahuti. Because at the end of the day, just because you put a Bob Marley poster on your wall doesn't make you a revolutionary because you listen to a few Bob Marley songs here and there. And because you smoke weed and because you're like, I'm trying to live off the land, bro. And then I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. And I'm not trying to buy into the system no more. And I'm trying to like be able to be self-sustainable. Like, nah, bruh. Like, just because you don't shower doesn't make you a revolutionary. Just because you don't do the things that everybody else does doesn't make you a revolutionary. You, to be a true revolutionary, you have to challenge 
the system. You have to challenge what the system wants you to use and buy into. And if you do not do that, don't call yourself a revolutionary. Get the fuck out of here with religion and these fake-ass revolutionaries like Malcolm, like Martin, like you name it, whoever. Um, Farrakhan, like all these so-called fake-ass revolutionaries right now, get the fuck out of here with these false prophets and these false revolutionaries because they're not leading you anywhere but back into a burning building. And if you can't see it, that's not my problem. That's your problem. Understand, again, to make it very simple, because <laughs> a lot of people like to say that Christianity was in Africa before um, European colonialism. But, bro, that's a false or misunderstanding of history. What were the Ethiopians or the people in Ethiopia doing before Christianity? You can, you can even Google that and it will tell you that they were practicing something else. Mm -hmm. That's not even a hard thing to grasp, bro. It's so simple. That religion, Christianity, came from the north. It came from the north part, the northern parts of Egypt, going down into what is now known as Ethiopia, mm. to the point where there's even another pope in Egypt right now. There's another pope. There's two popes. There's a pope in Rome and there's a pope in e in, in Egypt, in Ethiopia. If most people don't even know that, and that's coming from Rome itself, but they split. The the church is split into two because they had a disagreement over some BS. But the point is that's a system coming from Rome, and it's a system coming from Rome after they colonized what we now call Egypt. Meaning they took all of the comedic knowledge and they condensed it and they rewrote it into what you can what you can see as Catholicism, and then Orthodox Greek Church, and then Assyrian the Assyrian Church, which is actually the original first Christians. If you go to Assyria or you talk to an Assyrian, they would tell you that. But again, we look at everything from this kind of weird American point of view, so we don't see everything like the world as the world as a whole, which it's very weird. But talk to an Assyrian, and they will tell you that, like that's that's not that's history. That's not that's not not even hidden. Like you can know that, bro. So to understand that Christianity is a tool of colonialism, and if somebody's selling you Christianity, they're selling you into colonialism. To understand that Islam is a tool of slavery. the Arabs of slavery, because before even the um, transatlantic slave trade there was the Arab slave trade which lasted thousands of years before the Europeans even started slavery they got that from the Arabs you know how many Africans went into the so-called Middle East into India into the Pacific our people went far we went everywhere because of Islam you know how far Islam went conquering this is this is these are tools of the system so if somebody's bringing you back to Islam just know just by default even if they have good intentions by default they might not even know but they're the ones that's bringing you back into slavery it's mental slavery because they're taking you away from your ancestors they're taking you away from your culture it's, it's just cultural that simple. slavery exactly it's cultural it's, it's simple how i can't colonize a people unless i can take away the thing that actually makes them strong and the thing that actually is their foundation which is spirituality that's the foundation of even family Hmm. So now if I give you religion in replace of that, it's, it's fair game. I can do whatever I want with you. because I can give you whatever doctrine. I can give you whatever I need you to live by. Simple. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult to grasp. And then to even add on to that, 
you know, with what we were saying earlier about academia, right? So, you know, you give a person religion and you give a person politics, right? Because religion basically replaces or religion is basically the rebellion against natural principles, right? Because that's all spirituality is really about. It's like a it's like it's just natural principles. You something animates your body. Something lives within this flesh that you call a body and our ancestors went far enough to figure out what that was right just based on natural principles but then religion comes and says well don't do any of that just believe in god believe in god <laughs> and all of that other stuff is evil right there's these spirits and all of this stuff and it's just bad for you Right, they can't explain why, but it's just bad for you. So then, on politics, what'd you say? Like all of a sudden, the devil is just as powerful as God now. Like, really? <laughs> exactly. But good always wins in the movies. Right. <laughs> so, um, I think it's Mike One. Yeah. Um, then on the front of politics, right? You have the Pharaoh. Before all of this, you know, you know, <laughs> watching that there was a pharaoh before any of these presidents, any of these religious leaders, anything like that, any popes, anything like that. There was a pharaoh, and that pharaoh sat on his throne, right, and ruled over all of humanity through a series of kingships that stretched across all lands on this earth, right? But that's a... That's a form of a natural principle. There has to be a hierarchy, right, within life, period, right? There's a king of the jungle, and there's a king of kings. You see it in nature. You should be able to see it in a human being's life. That's just natural principles, right? That's on the front of politics. Now we have presidents. Now we have governors. Now we have councilmen, right? That's just a degeneration of the pharaoh and the kings and the chiefs is just a degeneration of it right and you can see that very clearly if you just look at what what came before these other things so then on the front of education now you have academia right you have institutions you have colleges you have high schools all of these things where before it's like well i won't even say before because it, all of this is still alive Right? All of these traditional um, or indigenous uh, ways of life, they're still alive. So before with education, it was that when you're born into a household, that education that you get inside the household is your foundation. It's foundational for everything else that will come after that. So your parents take that very seriously to make sure that you have what you need as a very specific spirit that's coming with a very specific goal that you have negotiated based on your past lives to be able to come into this life and achieve that goal with a quality that lets you go to the next level within these reincarnations through life, right? So that's your first education. And then beyond that, right, your parents have a very emotional connection to you you can't remove emotions from the human being 
But we know that intelligence is what becomes very useful, right? Is you're able to utilize your intelligence to forward your evolution as a human being. So that has to be the approach always. You have to be thinking about how to approach it with intelligence rather than emotion. Now, I know because I'm a father, I have an emotional connection to my children. But then beyond that, I have to know with my intelligence, what can I do to provide them the evolution that their spirit really needs is that you send them to a master. You see it in Karate Kid. We all watched that movie. It wasn't <laughs> Daniel's son's father. Like, <laughs> he had to go to Mr. Miyagi. And Mr. Miyagi was the one that could do it. He, he was a master at his craft. Banzai! <laughs> <laughs> So, like, so, so, he, then he said, when, when did Mr. Miyagi say bonsai? Say bonsai? Like, Bro, y'all don't remember the scene where he was drunk? Oh, no, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. Bonsai! <laughs> okay, get, get back to what you're saying. It's a very long winded point, but get back to it. But yeah. So Daniel's son goes to Mr. Miyagi, and Mr. Miyagi is the one who can do it because he's a master. He's not his father. He's not, you know, his uncle or his cousin or anything like that. He's just a master. He's one who's, you know, mastered this craft. So that's who he has to go to. And that's a traditional principle. Again, it's like somebody who can remove that, who is detached from that emotional connection to you, who can tell you straight up, if you did it wrong, you did it wrong. Like, I might talk to my son and be like, well, you did it wrong, but, you know, it's okay this time. Just try better next time. A master is just going to tell you, like, you did it wrong. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again until I can see that you've mastered it so you can move on to the next level. Now, in the traditions, in indigenous spirituality, that's the way that it works. You don't hold punches. Your masters don't hold punches. Your teachers don't hold punches. They just tell you how it is in order for you to move forward with quality, right? With discipline, you know, with principle. So that eventually you don't come to a point where somebody else can come in and tell you, you can be whatever you want, right? Like a wolf. Like a wolf. <laughs> like a wolf. <laughs> if you know who you are coming from a past life, who your reincarnation was, what that reincarnation fought for you to be able to do within this lifetime. Nobody's gonna be able to come and say, hey, you can be a wolf. And then you just decide like, you know what? <laughs> I have always liked to stare at the moon. So maybe I am a wolf. Maybe I should go outside and just howl at the moon. You know, but those principles, you know, those are the things that we're really trying to uh, appreciate more with this revolution because a revolution, right, to begin with is about rev revolution. It's a re revolving, right? We're cyclical beings as human beings. You have to start from a point and turn and come back to that point. It's about cycles. So if where we started our evolution as human beings is within that comedic lifestyle, then we have to be able to turn around, see what's behind us, and then turn back around, look forward, 
see all of the nonsense that's ahead of us, but use what came before us to stand up to it. My long-winded point is. So, <laughs> uh, so, so um, Zoo two two one saying that uh, y'all are living in the benefits acquired from Martin and Malcolm and people like them. And then he said, religion is one thing, people not being legally hosed down on their way to their segregated non-funding school is another. And then, so this is the thing, is, yes, we are standing on the shoulders of giants. We are standing on everything that Malcolm and Martin did. Then the question to you is, what now? Because Martin and Malcolm did what they did, and where did it get them? They did not have the tools to allow you to get out. That's what we're saying. Is Martin and Malcolm could only take you so far. And yes, religion, god damn it, this thing. Religion, yes, can only take you so far. Religion is one thing. But then the next question to you is, so why do you want a larger seat at the table of a place where they're going to hose you down? It doesn't make sense. And Martin and Malcolm were just getting to the tip of things where they were saying, like, it's time for us to get out of here. And then everyone was like, get them out of here. And that's what we're saying is, yes, we are standing on the shoulders of giants. We're not taking anything away from what Martin and Malcolm did, but we're telling you that it only got you so far. And here we are. Louis Farrakhan is still here talking about the same things like if martin and malcolm were here what would they be doing we don't know because we knew Trent, they uh -huh. would have been doing something much different they would have been doing something much different like and that's the thing is y'all want to be up here on some like oh well you know oh it's uh, gonna be uh oh it's uh, gonna be it was uh, gonna be like uh, this and it's like, bro, just just stop. Because this is the thing. As I sat down and I had a conversation with an elder one time, much older than me. And he said, you know, let me tell you something because you're young. And I said, okay, let me know. And he said, we sat and we waited. And first, we thought it was Martin. Then we thought it was Malcolm. Then we thought it was Dr. York. Then we thought it was this guy. Then we thought it was that guy. Then we thought it was that guy. We knew someone was always going to show up. But we never thought it was going to be Master Nabo because we never thought it was going to be an African. And we never thought it was going to be somebody outside. We always thought it was going to be somebody inside. But we always knew somebody was going to show up. And that's the thing. Is that that person showed up and they came with the tools, which meant that the slave master had not tainted it, which meant that the tools had not been taken away in order to get you out of the slave master's madness. And then what's the problem now? You don't like the way it's being told to you? It's only about Africans. Because it's only about Africans? From your lens. Because it's Africans that are coming with the tools and you're like, well, why'd you show up late and why you got an attitude and why you got, why you got a whole bunch of knockoff bags and why are you trying to sell me a bunch of watches or this and that? And it's like, listen, I don't care. I don't care at this point because 
people need to wake up and they need to get this work and they gonna get this work because at the end of the day people need to get about the madness and unless they wake up and they say hey you know what like this is what it's gonna be like this is what it needs to be and we need to start actually having real conversations and we're going to be here doing the same thing year after year century after century and then we're just going to be sitting here watching ourselves wither away spiritually and that's what we're doing everybody is withering away spiritually because nobody wants to have real conversations and nobody wants to be honest and say we're wasting our time and we're going around in circles. Revolution, if you take away the re, it's about evolution. What are we evolving toward? Are we evolving? We are not evolving. Black people are moving in circles. And we claim to be evolving, but we are not. We're degenerating. We're degenerating at a faster rate than we can possibly imagine. And we have to be honest about the fact that we are degenerating. And we have to be honest about the fact that we're not moving forward. And if we're not, then we're going to be sitting here arguing, being like, well, I got Malcolm on my wall. And it's like all this stuff. And it's like, bro, it's time to move forward. But what does that look like? And maybe it's not going to be easy and maybe you're not going to like it. It's, it's so interesting. You know, in the 60s and even prior, like people fought so hard for... Um, the segregation thing to be lifted but then I remember like I think it was like two years ago I was in Brooklyn on Fulton Fulton Ave and there was like a target and then there was a section for black products and then people were cheering about it and I was like do we not realize how they just played a mental mind fuck on us because we fought to not be separated and not be segregated just for them to find a way to continuously gradually slowly segregate and separate us in the most subtle ways but we don't really see it so i think the problem is this people are so emotional because the system trains people to be emotional like without the emotions and without the emotional triggers we wouldn't even have these riots we didn't even have protests but the system trains us to be so emotional. Whenever somebody says one thing that triggers something inside of you, instead of thinking about it, you react to it. So everything, everything that we're saying should not really be bad or negative to somebody. It should really just be a thought-provoking conversation. But if these things are triggering you, then you need to take a look at yourself and look, take a look at yourself on the inside. Maybe you should stop and think, why is it triggering me? Because maybe there's an aspect to it that is true. So again, it's not that we're even here attacking Martin. We're attacking Martin Luther King. We're not doing that. That's not what we're doing at all. Because we understand that people had good intentions and people did the best that they could with what they had. But what we're saying is... At their disposal at, at the time. This, this, at the time, exactly. But what we're saying is what they had, what they did, if they were even alive or they made it through the day to actually make it to these times they would not be still doing those same things why because they themselves realized that they were not using the tools given to them by their ancestors they were using the tools given to them by the same colonial system so in doing so it put us in a state in a state of stillness in a state of non-evolution and it put us in a state of stagnation 
That's what we're saying. So we're not saying that we don't appreciate what they did. We don't appreciate the things that they suffered or what people went through. Don't misconstrue our words and don't make it seem like we're saying things that we're not saying. What we're simply saying is there's more. There's steps. There's other things that we can do. And there's the things that we need to do in order for us to reach the next level to actually evolve. And it's just that simple. So find a way to get rid of your emotions and find a way to actually think and listen to what's really being said. You know, um, the thing is, is exactly. Thank you, Ratem. It is that simple to get out the mud. And that's the thing is Zoo 221, like uh, whatever, um, whoever, uh, Stones TV, it just... It's kind of like, guys, you know, you guys, you guys can just keep going around in circles. And like, while you guys keep going around in circles, like, you can't be mad at people that are now saying things that are not comfortable for you. And like, if you don't really want to have any real kind of like thing that's really going to challenge your mind, then that's on you. That you don't want your minds to be challenged and you don't want the the people that you consider as your heroes or the people that you look up to to um to not to not um to not challenge you so i mean i don't know i don't know what to tell you guys at this point like because we're not here looking for an echo chamber zoo 221 and stones tv like you guys are just on here trolling and Trolling is what you do when you have no real intellectual contribution. Trolling is what you do when you have no real ability to think for yourself. That's what you do when you don't have any real contribution to be able to have any real kind of conversation. And when what you're standing on is what the slave master has given you. So we invite you guys to, to think. And we invite you guys to kind of, you know, get up out the mud. Because as Ratem put it, it's that simple, get out of the mud. But when you don't want to get out of the mud, and when you think you're standing on some sort of like moral evolution, then you're just going to find yourself going around in circles. And like, you can keep Malcolm's poster on your wall. You can keep Malcolm's, uh, Martin and Malcolm's posters on your wall. You can keep everybody's posters on your walls. And you're just going to keep going around around in circles that's why you guys are here commenting on our video on our platform so if you guys don't want to learn anything i suggest you go somewhere else because you guys don't have to be here so if you guys just want to be here just to kind of just to talk and to make it seem like you're standing on something when you aren't like then just keep keep doing it like you know keep going for it because it's just going to take you nowhere and maybe it makes you feel like you're standing on something to come on here and just kind of troll but it's not gonna it's not going anywhere for you guys and like we we genuinely wish that you guys are able to glean something away from this in terms of having some sort of evolution mentally spiritually energetically emotionally because it doesn't seem like you know that's what's happening for everybody 
Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, uh, to those in the comments or anywhere, really, who may hear any of this and sort of have it in your heart to say that those revolutionaries or those people who you've seen as revolutionaries for your whole life um, still have some standing. You know, the interesting thing is that we as initiates never stand against intelligence. We never stand against research, per se. We never stand against people using their brains to think. Because our master, Nebnabala Musa Morodinibig, said that he came here to make super intelligent human beings, right? People who think, people who use their brains to actually decipher the truth from falsehood, right? So we'll never stand here and say that you trying to use your brain is wrong. But when it comes down to it, if somebody is presenting something to you that doesn't necessarily taste the way that you want it to, uh, but you can still see the truth in it and then you speak against it, it just shows the sort of, that same thing I was talking about earlier with the Cambisi story. It's like he saw the majesty of Kemet and he knew what, um, what built those pyramids because when he came there, he, they told them that he was a donkey, that he was stubborn, that he had no standing to be able to come into that place and tell them that he could rule just because he wanted to. That obviously shows you that there's principles there. That obviously shows you that there's something more uh, than just the person that's standing in front of you that's behind you know, what really is the foundation of that civilization. So, you know, really I would, I would say like as a piece of advice to those people who may be in the comments or anywhere right now feeling something in their hearts against uh, anything that we're saying, it's like, hey, come try it. Really come here and ask your questions. You know, really find out the things that you're looking for. And if we don't have those answers for you, then maybe it is possible that this system is all there is for you, you know? That's honest. That's really the way that we want people to function, is to know that we have what our ancestors gave us. Because somebody, our master, Nebnabala Musa Morodinibig, decided that he was going to his, dedicate his life to preserving what our ancestors had before us and giving it to us so that we have a chance. Now, if that same intelligence doesn't tell you that, hey, maybe there's something else, maybe Malcolm and Martin did do some, some good things for some people, but at the end of the day, they realized themselves that their efforts were null in the larger you know, uh, scope of things. You know... We uh, we want everybody to know that you know the doors of initiation are opening on September third. So that means that wherever you are globally, that is when you are able to enter into the initiation, and that's when the doors of initiation will be open. That means September third at every location, physically and online, 
that is when you can join the initiation. So if you're too intelligent for your own good, come check us out. If you think you know more and you really want to come and challenge everything that we're saying, you don't have to do it on YouTube comments. You can come and do it in person. You can come and do it in class. And then we'll see if what you're standing on amounts to anything that the initiation has to give you. And then you can put your money where your mouth is, literally and figuratively. You can put your money where your mouth is and you can find out if you're actually standing on something or not. Because that's the thing. We're not taking anything away from Martin, Malcolm, you name it, whoever you want to consider a revolutionary. But what we're saying is they could not give you the tools to get out of the master system. They could not give you the tools to break out of what the slave master was giving you. The tools that the slave master give you will only be there to build the slave master's house and to only benefit the slave master. And if you can't see that and you can't understand that, then that's because you're too deep down in the slavery mindset. If you want to learn more about things like that, come on down. Come check us out. So many resources. Kepta-nj.org. Check us out. TheEarthCenter.org, check us out. Sister Organization, ANHLife.org, check us out. For those that are in the New Jersey region, we're going to be doing an event on August 12th at the Newark Museum of Art. We'll, we will have one of our elders doing a breakdown of comedic artifacts and doing a comedic workshop on COT TB. So come check us out. Come see what's going on you want to come you want to really learn some stuff uh, we will be happy to see you there but like i said the doors of initiation are opening on september 3rd locally at all your local temples and online so the doors of initiation are opening up you want to learn more about why we're sitting here and saying hey master nab is the only true revolutionary and all these other fake uh revolutionaries aren't real you know Come check it out. And there's no reason to get upset about it. We can come talk about it, come hash it out, and we can get somewhere. We can see, you know, if you really are as intelligent as you think you are. This has been another episode of the Gator Gates podcast. We'll be back with you guys next week. Until then, idiot.